Welcome to the Marketing Technology Podcast. News, tools, and tips from marketing technology companies and the marketers using them. Here's Douglas Carr. A car in another of our interview series with experts, and we have again with us the Brett Evans. The. How do you like that? I it feels so good (laughs) to have a definitive article in front of my name. Hey, if you missed uh, if you missed our last podcast, uh, we're starting kind of a new series with Brett where we talk about um, really improving people's sales processes. And I love this because as a marketer, my sales process is really weak. I don't I don't do nurturing. I don't do a lot of cold calling. I don't I don't do a lot of things that I know would grow my business. And probably some of it is that I don't know how to do it well, so I avoid it. Yeah. Right. And then. A couple clients leave and I need to fill the bucket and I scramble and start, you know, uh, screaming and yelling and, and going you, out there. You freak out. Yeah, I yeah. freak out. And, uh, and so Brett's last conversation with us, uh, and go look it up on the Marketing Tech blog, was basically effective uh, prospecting emails and how to write an effective prospecting email. And, and uh, Brett is a huge proponent, and as am I, of cold calling. Uh, but go listen to that. So if, if you're going to do some prospecting emails, uh, go do that. Today, today we're going to talk probably about it's really almost part of that equation right yeah a little bit yeah is well how to create desire how to create desire in in uh in someone to to move them to action and um and and doug let me ask you this just to kind of go back and forth here have you ever been in a, a sales situation where um you've created attention they've got you know you've got their attention they're even showing signs of interest they're even telling you they're interested in in one way shape or form but then something happens right where uh it's a perfect fit they get it you're seeing a lot of head nods um and then all of a sudden something just kind of you know you can't get a hold of them after a while the wheels start falling off and eventually they just either tell you uh, straight up that they're they're not going to move forward with it. It's not a priority yeah. or whatever, or it's um, you know you just never hear from, <laughs> never well, hear back from. I'll, I'll tell you because we do hear that, and yeah. I'll tell you the exact moment. Everything's going great. Everything like I don't I don't put a proposal in front of somebody unless they ask for it. Right. You know. So so we go through the sales process and we see that there's a fit. We see uh, and and I'm being serious. We're really picky about who we work with. Yeah. And so most of our questions you know, they're grilling us, but we're grilling them at the same time because we, we don't have a lot of clients. So we want to make sure that there's a fit and where it drops off almost every time is great. Send over a proposal. Now we've already Mm -hmm. discussed pricing. We've already discussed that. We send over the proposal, the door closes, the wind blows, you know, the, and, and, uh, and, and now I have a lot of relationships, so I typically go in through a back door. Yeah. Right? Find someone and say, what happened? Yeah. You know? And uh, I think five times, maybe five times out of ten, they're shopping. Yeah. So now they're talking to other vendors, and of course somebody's cheaper out there. They're always cheaper. Yes. You know? um, so that's, that's our situation. Yes. I run into that all the time. And that, and by the way, that's that plays in perfectly to one of the principles that I have to help creating um, desire to move and not just desire to do, uh, to fix the problem, but to, to, to have you fix the problem yeah. in particular. Um, and we'll get to that in just a second, but it's, it's a common refrain. It's, it's something that every salesperson goes through 
And uh, let's before we get into this, let's just say this: sales is very much like batting in, in baseball. Um, you're you're not gonna if you're batting even 500. Um, you, you are rare. You're either in an industry where you're the only thing in the industry and you're the only one that has it. Um, or, um, or you're just, you're just spooky, good or lucky, you're right? My, I'm, I'm lucky. <laughs> there, there you go. See, you're lucky. You're lucky, Doug. Um, but in most sales situations, I mean, you're usually batting, you know, 300, you know, yeah. something like that, which is a good batter in baseball. It's a good batter in sales as well. So understand that these principles are not a fail proof. Like if you use these principles, you will always uh, close deals. No, it won't do that, but it'll certainly increase your close ratio. And that's, that's a certainty um, because I've implemented some of these principles. And by the way, this is not an exhaustive list of principles, but these are just four that I know have worked for me. Yeah. Um, and, and, and we can, we can kind of, we can kind of implement these right away that are, that are really, really easy. The first one is, and this kind of plays perfectly into the, the, the scenario that you just gave Doug was you have to, you have to offer them something that's different than what their assumptions are. Um, so if they've called you or perhaps agreed to a conversation and they're wanting to talk to you about creating a, I don't know, an online web package that includes you know, SEO, a website, perhaps a logo. I'm just arbitrarily giving an example, right? They're coming into this expecting to hear a pitch that they've already heard before or expecting to hear before from right. other people, right? Right. Um, there's a great book called The Challenger Sale. I, I've told you to read oh, yeah. it. I read I've, it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big evangelist of that book because it's, it's really kind of the scientific side of sales. Sales has changed. And so one of the things they make in this book, that they explain in this book is that um, customers are, are prospects or potential customers are smarter. Now they're going online. They're Absolutely. doing research. They know everything about you. Um, they know everything about what they need prior to having that meeting. So really what they're looking for is to come in. They want to make sure that I feel comfortable with this person. And are they going to give me the best rate that I can? Because I know there's three other people that can offer the same thing. So how do you combat that? Well, they, um, the, the folks that wrote the book challenger still has a great, has a great way of doing that. And it's, it's by what they call corporate training or corporate teaching. And, and really what that means is you have to come in there and first of all, meet them where they're, they're at and say, yeah, I understand you definitely need a logo and you need a right. website and you need all of these things. But what people in your industry don't understand is that there's this other hidden thing over here that no one is talking about, right? Your competitors, Doug, aren't talking about them. Um, no one's talking about them, but you are, and you bring it up and you make a compelling argument first by storytelling, which is another one of the principles I'll get into first by storytelling relating to the emotional side of the, the thing and then proving it with data. Right now you have them and, and you're, it's pointing to a unique differentiator that only you can provide to solve that problem that no one knew. Now that's creating desire. Now you're like, well, wait a minute. I came looking for a website and I left the meeting challenged and a little bit unsure about what's going on, but also excited about the opportunity to offer something or provide something that I didn't even think was even available or even true before I came into that. Right. And I'm speaking in in kind of, philosophical terms now, because I'm, we're probably talking to people that sell all kinds of things, but I challenge you to do some research, figure out what your company does. That's completely different than others yeah. and what problems out there, what issues, and, and it doesn't have to be problems. It could be actual desires too. Yep. 
um, that no one else, none of your competitors are talking about and they're not thinking about, they're being the customer is not thinking about, you bring those two things up and you, it's a recipe for generating desire where there usually is none. So the first thing is, is go armed um, with, with, with information that they don't know so you can bring to the table something different than what their assumptions are when you get into that conversation. Yeah. And, and you're setting yourself as an authority now. Exactly. Yeah. Th that's exactly right. Yeah. So not, not only does it does it build rapport, you're setting yourself as, as a, an authority. But like if they feel like you're the only one that can provide this, um, they're, they're, they're going to want to work with you immensely right. more than they did before. Right. Um, another principle, and I just alluded to it, is storytelling. I can't tell you how many, it kind of surprises me that, that, that so many salespeople don't utilize this. Um, but, but speaking to the emotional side of people, um, that, that creates desire more than probably Absolutely. anything else. And we hear it all the time. Oh, you could be a good storyteller. It's kind of a fad right now. There's tons of books about it and there's a lot of really good books about it. Um, you got, you know, Ted talk stuff. Yeah, there's all kinds of things out there that point towards good storytelling. Yet we don't see it a lot of times. A lot of times we just see people come in, they maybe ask good questions, they have a good discovery call, they're 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 pain diving, they're doing everything that you've learned yeah. um, in sales, and then you get to the presentation piece, and you just go through, you know, how great your company is, and how many awards you won, and uh, you know the products and services, and maybe you even get to the benefits, and then you get to the pricing, and it falls flat, or, right? or even just the generic use case, right? Yeah, the generic, the yeah. generic yeah. use case. Yeah. yeah, like here's here's you don't see the people, you just see you know the the numbers or whatever. That's where a compelling story, a compelling story where you bring it to life, an example of what happened to a, a past client, where they were before, how they were struggling before. And then once they implemented your widget or solution or uh, service or whatever you're peddling, um, how it made an immense difference and, and what, what the outcome was and what it looks like for the future as well. And if, you're, if you can generate a good story and you can tell a compelling story, it just really the, the statistics and are, are the supporting yeah. are just a supporting thing for the story, not vice versa. Sometimes people just focus on the stats and the who's and the what's and the how's and all that sort of thing. And then they use a story to kind of bring it home. I say, do the opposite. Use the story as the foundation of your, of your sales pitch and let the other stuff support that. And that is a perfect recipe for generating desire. You know what, you know what I love about that is, um, I know as a sales guy, you run into this every time that we're different. Brett, we're different. We're different than most companies, Brett. Right? And they're, <laughs> really? And they're, yeah. and they're discounting. What they really are trying to do is discount your services or discount your authority. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And that's where I feel like the story is an amazing feeling because now they don't, they don't, they don't say they're not focused on product services price they're not focused on that yeah they're thinking in their head oh my god that guy went through the same same thing that i did yeah you know when when you share that emotion and you share the you know the trek that you took the client through the journey yeah. that you took them through and it's it's um i just it boggles my that one i almost left it off because i was like oh that that's just so simple and everyone knows that but I, you know, I, I consult and coach with, with tons of salespeople that they just don't get it. Yeah. They, they don't get that telling a story is, is immensely important. And you're right. Um, you're right. That story disarms, you know, the ideas of, of, 
price and that sort of thing. It, it doesn't matter anymore right. at that point. Right. I mean, it's certainly a concern and if they don't have the budget. Emotional buys. People, Absolutely. You know, that's the, uh, as logical as we think we are. Most of what we do is, you know, emotional. We want to work with some people. We want to try some things. We, we just, we, we want to improve our lives. We want to improve our businesses. So we want a solution. No doubt. And I would argue that I don't even care where you fall on the disprov. If you're a C, if you're a pure C yeah. and you're an analytical guy and, and all this stuff, you're still making decisions based on emotion. Um, you just, for that person, you may need to support it a little bit more with a little more data and a little more statistics. Um, but that person's still making decisions emotionally and stories get you there yeah. for sure. Are you a marketing technology company looking to increase your market share? Contact Doug and his team at DK New Media for information on their public relations, search engine marketing, and content strategies, including a dedicated show on this podcast. Email info at dknewmedia.com. Um, and then the, the final one, and I'll kind of lump two together. I think I originally said four, but let's just kind of group it together to save some time. But is, is the herd mentality and scarcity. We'll just put it together as one. They really are two separate things, but let's just, for the sake of time, put them together. And I'll tell you what I mean about by this. This is an old school yep. concept. Um, and sometimes people think that the application is is too old school, and you may be right about that. But you can you can reframe the application of scarcity and herd mentality to fit whatever you need to, and it still works to this day. Um, so if you if you're talking to somebody. And you've expressed, you know, the expressed interest and stuff like that. Another way to do it is if you can explain that there's, there's not a lot left of what you're able to provide. Right. And you, that's something that you do a really great job of. You've, you've determined in your mind that I'm only working with a certain number of people exactly. and it's, it's almost creating another term that I use as the club mentality yeah. where it's like, Hey, only a few people are, are allowed to be in the the fraternity, sorority, whatever you want to call yeah. it, of, of DK New Media um, and, and Doug Carr's tutelage or help or services, right? You love that? You know, this is free. This is free, Doug. Um, but the point is, is that you do a great job of explaining that up front. And a lot of people don't, don't do that. And one of the little tactic that I do <clears throat> to create this right out of the gate and it's such a simple thing and everyone should do it because it's also honest. And you'll hear me say that a lot. Honesty is key in sales to be different, to be effective. But what if at the very beginning of your conversation, Doug, and I know you do this to one degree or another, you say, listen, before we get started, I want to make one thing very, very, very clear that we're not a perfect fit for everyone. Right. And I'm not sure if you're a fit yet. Okay. There's something psychological that immediately takes place with that pros prospect. They want to belong. What'd you say? They want to belong. They want to be, they want to be yeah. belong. And there's actually other things too. Yeah. Number one, there's, there's a, there's a tremendous amount of uh, pressure that's relief released because the, the, the salesperson sales, um, the salesperson and um, buyer paradigm is one where the buyer's very guarded. They are being sold to. I was at, I was at a place where I went through one of those, um, timeshare things over oh. the weekend. I've been through those so many times. Yeah. 
And I'm a, I'm a professional salesperson yeah, yeah, yeah. and I actually enjoy going to those things in general just to watch what's going on. But I still it's like, felt it's like foosball. Yeah. I still felt guarded. Right. Yeah. I, I the, the last year I, I was laughing about this last year. I'm in the, we're in the market. We're still in the market for a new internet service provider. I'm not going to bash or name names or anything yeah. like that on, on, on air, so to speak. But the one that we have now, I'm not a fan of. Right. And we even talked about getting a competitor one. One day, a person from the competitor, the one we talked about wanting came to our door and they had a promotion. It was perfect because I wanted it. Right. Yeah. But you know what I did? Hey, I'm not interested because it was the whole sales right. buyer salesman buyer paradigm. Well, well, we think it's a battle. Yeah, right? it's a battle. We, and everybody goes into it thinking, I, you know, I got to fight getting sold. I got to fight getting sold. Yes. I, gotta, I don't want to make a decision today. I yeah. got to fight getting sold. I got to fight getting sold. And so exactly. you're just so disarming them. When you right disarm and say, gate. listen, I have no clue if you're a good fit. Yeah. First of all, I'm not convinced you're a good fit yet. It, it, it disarms it. But back to the subject. You, you want to know what? Yeah. You taught me that and I use it. Oh, you do? Yeah. How, how does it work out? It works fantastic. It's awesome, man. But, but it also relieves pressure on my part too. Yeah. Because we are selective about who we want to. So I, I do want them to know that no is an option. Exactly. An I love option. that. I yeah. love that. And I say that no is, I, yeah. sometimes that's a great I know thing you to say. It. That's why I said yeah, it. no is an option. Exactly. <laughs> and so, and so, but back I to listen the, to you, Brett. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so back to the subject at hand though, creating desire. If you see that one little thing up front, they're going to be willing. It's almost gamified in them. Like, well, I want to, I want to, like you said, I yeah. want to be included. I want to fit. I want to, I want to be one of the people that, you know, can make it here. Yeah. Juxtapose that to what most salespeople do, right? They're either saying explicitly or they're not saying it, but it's implicit that everybody's a customer yes. and I'm going to convince right. you, right? right? There's no now, scarcity there. Now I will say that at the same time, if they're, if we see that they're just a great fit, I say that I, I, I will no absolutely say, you know what? after speaking with you for an hour, that's it. I would really, really, I really think that you're going to we're going to be successful together. And it's important where yeah. you say that. And you said it at the right place right. after you have the conversation, right. because now they're willing to give you information, all of this yeah. sort of thing. And, and, and truthfully, I've had situations where I say, you're not, a, we're not a good fit yeah. for you, or you're not a good exactly. fit for us. We do that too. Yeah. But the moment you, you give them, and that even gift, then I refer them to somebody that I know would be a good fit. Exactly. Yeah. But when you give them that gift of telling them, Hey, you are a good fit. I think you are now they're going to do, I'm telling you psychologically, even if you're doing what other people do to the T they're, they're going to be more prone to have more desire to move forward with you than others because they've worked so hard to convince you that, that, that right. you are a good fit. Right. I know that's a little thing. There's other ways of doing it, but that's a really good tip. Um, and then the herd mentality is that it's the same kind of thing that I just explained to you. Another thing with scarcity. Well, the herd is <clears throat> again, I, I don't want to miss out. Yeah. Right? So I don't want to miss so out. So if I, if I do the first two things, right. So, give them something that they didn't know or expect. The second one, give them a compelling story. Then the third one is, is, you know, listen, you know, people in your position are doing the her this. The herd. Yeah. The herd <laughs> have been very successful with us. Exactly. You know, so, so now it's, now it's, it's <clears> feeding <throat> that, you know, it's also feeding the, you know, it's feeding scarcity It's feeding everything. It's feeding yeah, everything. Yeah. And that's a great point. Like what are other people doing? The people that aren't doing it, are they suffering? Right. That sort of thing, it, it creates this, which herd do I want to be in? And it kind of goes back to everything that we just said. 
Are you a marketing technology company looking to increase your market share? Contact Doug and his team at DK New Media for information on their public relations, search engine marketing, and content strategies, including a dedicated show on this podcast. Email info at dknewmedia.com. Another thing about scarcity is, you know, one of the things with, with sales is you, you have to, one of your main jobs is to generate urgency where there is none. And that is so hard. And what happens is, is sometimes there's desire. Sometimes there's desire in the moment. And then after a couple of days, people forget and the desire wears off. So that's why it's so important. I got to be careful how I frame this. That's why it's important though, to, to make sure that you're getting them to move quickly on that desire, which is, is, is part of desire, right? right? Excuse me. So, um, so the, the, one of the things with scarcity I use is, is also scarcity of time as well. I'm going to give you a real time example. I sell, um, <clears throat> I sold, um, uh, like medical billing services and, and I talked to a, a really large mental health group not too long ago. And this mental health group told me that they were, um, that they were looking to, to make a move essentially in a year. Okay. It was a year period of time. And, and so I know as a salesperson that that's in, in, especially in the, in what I was selling, it was closer to more of a transactional thing in this particular scenario. <clears throat> so typically the sales cycle is much shorter. Um, it's, it's a three month period of time type of thing. So I had to, I knew that if I went through a whole presentation and, you know, you know, discovery and presentation and all this stuff, and they still waited until a year, my chances of closing that in a year were were really low. Right. I'd have to start all over. Yeah. And, and salespeople, you know what I'm talking about. You and 25 other sales guys. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And and so I knew that you know even if I told a compelling story, brought something that they weren't thinking about, um, you know, created that herd type of mentality or that club mentality, um, that there was still there was still another issue there. And this is another use of scarcity. So when I sat down with them they committed. They're like, yes, we are committed. We want to move forward with you. This is what we want to do. Of course they wanted to do it in a year. And so I started to challenge them a little bit, not in a jerk way. There's yeah. a way to do it where you're a trusted advisor. <clears throat> um, you know, the, the, the way I say it is if you have a, a, a coach, like at a, at a, like a personal trainer is what I'm thinking of. And they said something to you and they challenged you on something. You're not going to be mad at them because right. you know, that's their job. If you set that stage and that precedent up front, you can get away with murder is a great way of saying it, but you're doing it with love. Right. Um, and you're doing it in love to help them. And that's exactly what I did. I said, walk me through the thought, the thought process of doing it in a year. And really the bottom line was they were just afraid of the transition. They thought that the transition was going to have to take that long. Um, and all of this sort of thing. Um, it really wasn't even a budgetary thing. They threw that out, but it wasn't. I, I kind of isolated right. that. So what what I explained was I used my industry knowledge of this particular industry, and I formed some urgency that created that kind of fanned the fire of desire. And here's what I did: I happened to know that that particular practice, and just like a lot of practices, they take a a um, they took a uh, a company wide vacation for two weeks. The, the office is closed for two weeks. Nice. Everyone yeah. is off work that time. Well, <clears throat> I use that to my advantage and I said, okay, here's what's, here's the problem is when you come back from that vacation and you start up on a new system, 
it, it's going to be immensely hard. And I gave data, I gave actually showed examples, told stories about how when people come back from vacation and they had a brand new software solution and new service solution, how that can really, really hurt them. Yeah. So what I said was, listen, you need at least four months, which is the magic number with the, the company I was with. You need four months, okay, to ramp up, yeah. to ramp up so you can get the muscle memory there for what you're doing. Cause this is a brand new way of doing things for you. And so essentially what ended up happening is that one year turned into two months because I was able to show them and I wasn't pushing them. I was, I was pulling, I was staying behind them, but I wasn't pushing them. I was explaining to them, listen, listen, what you're really wanting to do is accomplish this by we, a year, but you, you can't get there unless you do that here in the next couple of months. A sense of urgency. A sense yeah, of urgency. Yeah that 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 they weren't even aware <clears throat> and it's it's exactly and it's actually an example of of using time as a as a scarcity there's a scarcity of time to accomplish what you need to within the time that you need to and another example of that is is you know a lot of times people drag their feet just because they're they're nervous to make the change but if you're good at painting the pic, the painting the picture that during that waiting time this is how much money you're going to be losing or opportunities. And you don't do there, There's shady ways of doing that. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. Do it in a loving way, in an honest way and show them that, look, you have an option. You have these two options. We can certainly wait that long, but are you willing to pay this price to do that? And oftentimes they see that it generates desire. Especially when you repeat what they were telling you. Exactly. Right. Well, you told me that. Yeah, you told me this. Yeah, you told, you me, told that. me that you're having a nightmare right now because exactly. you don't have this and this and this. Exactly. And so you're you're okay with putting that off her? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. So there, so there you go. Again, I'm going to go over these. Uh, so give give the prospect something that they didn't know or expect. Exactly. Set yourself up as an authority. Um, something that their competitors aren't going to be able to give them. Uh, I love that. We we do it right. Marketing tech clients. What do we have? We have the marketing tech blog. We have an audience. Right. You can go to an agency and get an infographic designed. Yeah. But you can't go to an agency that has 100,000 people ready to see it. There you, there know, you so, go. And so we utilize that. Compelling story to bring the issue to life. Obviously, you know, success stories with, and, and I love, like, get into the character, get into the pain, get into the, become a good storyteller. Exactly. Um, and then herd and scarcity. So um, I love that, you know, hey, listen, we're not a fit for everybody you know, kind of opening up that way to disarm them and then, uh, and then utilizing scarcity, both from a resource standpoint and time standpoint. Exactly. Uh, so create that sense of urgency for them to close. That's exactly right. Fantastic. Well, uh, Brett, this is just another, uh, fantastic podcast and, uh, everybody that's listening, just do a search for Brett Evans on the marketing tech blog and you can find all these podcasts and, uh, we're going to continue this series. We really want to help people on the sales side. And uh, I, I think the you know the great thing with this Brett is it aligns perfectly with marketing too. You know, you ha you have to have marketing support and documentation and the stats and resources and everything that you're talking about yeah. to go after these opportunities the way you want. So exactly, um, fantastic. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Subscribe online at marketingtechblog.com. Subscribe to our email. Download our app or follow us on social media.